Hi everyone, welcome back to Mental Health and More. This is Bhavika Devjani, the host of this podcast. I hope all the listeners are doing good. Our guest for today is Dr. Niharika Jaiswal. Dr. Niharika Jaiswal is a neuropsychiatrist dedicated to spreading mental health awareness and removing the stigma around mental health issues. She strongly believes that there is no health without mental health. As a doctor, her goal is to educate and empower others. She does so through consultations and her Instagram and Facebook page Brain and Mind. Here she provides actionable tips and credible information on mental health issues. Hi doctor, I want to thank you so much for doing this with me. It's an honor to have you in this podcast. Uh thank you so much for having me, Bhavika. It's a pleasure. So let's quickly dive into the questions. Um uh, my first question is that most doctors normally have a backstory as to why they chose their profession. What was your story like? Okay, so that's a really nice question to begin with. So basically when I was doing my MBBS, um we get posted in various uh, departments. So I was posted in psychiatry and that was only a posting for 2 weeks. And um you know I was always a person even before I got into MBBS even in my high school days, I've always been fascinated with psychology and I, that was something I was interested in. So during my posting um in MBBS I thoroughly enjoyed those 15 days and they just flew by. So that it was when you know my interest uh, my interest got even more developed in uh, psychiatry and mental health so i would say that um uh, you know my interest previously and even the posting that's uh, what pushed me to uh, you know get into this field and also in addition to that i noticed you know how mental health is something that is not talked about especially in our country in india and you know how it is so important um that we need to you know um be more involved and be more open and uh, raise awareness about all of this so i guess these are some of the things that um, pushed me forward in that direction and i was very passionate about getting into this field yeah i agree you know normalizing mental health talking about um mental disorders and considering and going to therapy is very important because in india it's very stigmatized definitely then um i know that schizophrenia doesn't have any definite cure as such but what are some new developments in this area of treatment oh uh, yeah so actually um there are uh, two two drugs that i know about so one of them is not uh, fda approved yet fda is basically us food and drug administration so um you know the drug has to be approved by this uh, organization so there is like a, a car xt there is a drug named car xt which is basically a combination of xanomelanin and trospium uh, so this is still undergoing trial and it has shown some good results it's been shown to be well tolerated and it doesn't have you know the common side effects which the other antipsychotic drugs have like weight gain and extra pyramidal symptoms uh, so but this drug is still under trial and it still needs to be um, fda approved then there is another drug which is already fda approved recently and um, this drug is called libelvine and it's actually a combination of olanzapine and semidorphin and um, this drug has shown uh, you know 
to uh, have less weight gain than you know your traditional olanzapine when you give it alone and that's one of the big advantages because olanzapine is a drug which is very uh, effective for schizophrenia but unfortunately since it causes a lot of weight gain um, you know we hesitate and we are not able to give it for all of our um, patients so this is also another promising uh, drug which is already fda approved got that um then what is postpartum depression exactly okay so basically um postpartum depression is a kind of depression that uh, some people get uh, after having a baby so postpartum is basically another word for the period of time shortly after giving birth so um, most people with postpartum depression start uh, having symptoms within a month after giving birth but it can go on to be up till 12 months before the symptom start so basically it's just like um, any uh, depression but it happens in i mean the symptoms are kind of similar but it happens in you know new mothers and basically uh, you know they might have mood changes they might have low mood and um, uh, a lot of other symptoms along with that okay then i was reading that brexen alone is a rapidly acting normal treatment for postpartum depression um what are your views on the same So, a uh, brexenolone is actually the first, um, you know, drug which was uh, specifically approved for the treatment of postpartum depression. And actually, what happens is in postpartum depression, there is a uh, there is a molecule called allopregnenolone, and the levels of this molecule decrease, and um, the serum levels of this molecule decrease, um, and that's why that's one of the causes um, of development. opping postpartum depression so what happens is this drug brexenolone it's like a synthetic version of allopregnenolone that you're giving from outside so it helps uh, you know decrease the postpartum depression symptoms even within hours that you take that drug and you know it's it's um, shown to cause a lot of improvement in uh, patients and um, so i think it's a, it's a very exciting breakthrough new agent for um, you know psychiatry um uh, but yeah we still need to experiment further and further research is needed to you know um uh, evaluate more about the dosing and evaluate more about the efficacy right got that um then what is the difference between add which is attention deficit disorder and adhd which is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder okay that's a very important question so basically the these fall under the same spectrum but uh, add is a type of adhd where the problem is uh, only in attention but there is no hyperactivity so the person might have say for example in attention which might include you know disorganization or a problem staying focused on a task or the person might be constantly daydreaming or not paying attention when spoken to directly but you know other symptoms like uh, hyperactivity like you know maybe a lot of squirming fidgeting uh, you know tapping or constant movement especially in situations where it's not appropriate so these are uh, aspects of hyperactivity is not present it's mainly the uh, inattention part so that is the main difference between these two okay so then um, how is adhd diagnosed Okay so uh, like i was saying there are a lot of 
components to ADHD. So if if you're looking to diagnose the predominantly inattentive type, right? So there there is a list. There are a, a certain um, there are certain criteria. There is a list of criteria which you need to fulfill. So for example, if we are uh, looking to diagnose, you know, the predominantly inattentive type. So first of all, um, there have to be six or more symptoms if your child is sixteen years or uh, under that. and it has to happen for at least 6 uh, months continuously so uh, for inattentive type the symptoms might include you know trouble paying attention or uh, you know not liking to do homework or other tasks which uh, you know you need a long mental you need focus for a long time and a uh, trouble um, staying on task during school at home or you know being disorganized seeming forgetful not appearing to listen when directly spoken to or not play um, not paying close attention to details maybe losing things often or um, you know making careless mistakes not being able to follow instructions so the symptoms that i just mentioned if the person if the child has six or more of these uh, you know for at least six months then uh, we can say that the child has uh, adhd and um, for a child which is older than 16 years uh, you need to have only five or more of the symptoms that i mentioned and this is for the predominantly inattentive type now if we move on to predominantly hyperactive type again it's the same criteria that you need six or more for age 16 um, um, less than 16 and you need five or more for more than 16 but the symptoms list would be something like you know maybe the child is blurting out answers before a question is even finished or they are constantly interrupting others or you know they are having trouble waiting for their turn they are talking too much fidgeting tapping squirming or you know getting up when it's not appropriate or running or climbing in inappropriate situations and um, unable to play quietly or always on the go as you can say so these are some of the symptoms for the hyperactive impulsive type and um, the last one would be like a combined presentation where the child can have symptoms of both inattention as well as hyperactivity or impulsivity so these are some of the diagnostic criterias that a child needs to fulfill in order for us to diagnose the child as having adhd thank you that was very informative then um, what are some things that you find challenging about psychiatry um yeah so i have i think there's a long list but um some of the um things that i would like to point out are you know most importantly the stigma like i even before i got into this field as a mental health professional you know there i've i've seen so much stigma around mental health issues you know and then after i got into this field i've noticed it even more and you know the unwillingness to of people to get help and not just the patients themselves but even their family members or friends you know how they will try to convince the person that you don't need therapy or you don't need to go to a mental health professional you know just go on a vacation or just talk to your friends and it will be fine and uh, you know all the myths that we have there are so many myths you know it's like um 
such a long list and it's like never ending i mean you just name the myth and i mean you just name the mental disorder and there are myths about anything and everything so that's also a very big challenge because you know because of these myths people don't want to seek help and they actually believe something which is not not true so this is also a very big hindrance in actually people uh, you know wanting to get help and actually taking that step to get help and um, of course the lack of knowledge that again ties in with the myths and uh, another very very big problem is the limited resources that we have you know as a country um, you know we spend such a less budget on mental health and uh, we have very uh, less number of psychiatrists and other mental health professionals like psychologists and therapists etc uh in our country so that is again you know that mental health gap that we have that is also a very big challenge to uh, you know be able to give uh people that access to mental health care that they require and fulfill that mental health gap so i think these are some of the very uh, big challenges i would say i totally agree with that so my final question is that what is one piece of advice you would give to someone who wants to pursue this field uh thank you so much for asking this question i would say go for it my biggest advice would be like uh, we were discussing in the previous question we need more and more people in this field especially people that are very passionate you know so i would just say that go for it uh, for people who want to pursue this field and for people who are already in this field i would say you know seek help whenever you need even as mental health professionals we need help sometimes and you know um, a lot of people might find it surprising even your therapist can have a therapist so that's very normal and it's something we need to normalize and we need to understand that mental health professionals also need help at times and i would also advise uh, mental health professionals to practice letting go of a client's pain and trauma after the session because you know mental health professionals see so many clients and you know um they might uh, i mean seeing all that uh, pain and trauma they might be holding on to it and it might be affecting them uh, even after the session so i would i would advise that try and let go practice letting go of a client's pain and trauma after the session ends and also i would say practice setting boundaries and maintaining them it's very very important for every body and even professional boundaries are very important and lastly i would say indulge in self care it is so 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 important great thank you so much for those wise words it was amazing speaking with you and having you in this episode thank you so much for having me it's always a pleasure to you know come on any platform and talk about mental health it's something i just love to do thank you everyone for coming to this podcast um stay tuned for more episodes and have a nice day